You're listening to Black Neon Digital Podcast, episode 13, Naliana Fuenmajor, Blockchain and Transparency in Fashion. Welcome to Black Neon Digital Podcasts. I'm your host, Jodie Muta Hamilton, and I believe the future of fashion is to honour craftsmanship whilst embracing innovation and to support each other to build businesses that have integrity. The entrepreneurs and visionaries who we speak to are using fashion as a way to create change, finding new ways of working towards a more ethical, sustainable and connected fashion industry. How do we navigate the complex world of fashion supply chains and brand marketing? How do we know whose opinion to trust so we can feel confident we know who made my clothes? Imagine if evidence rather than opinion gave the ability to trust. Not the evidence of a certificate or stamp of approval, but evidence provided by technology to track garments and their origin. Evidence that cannot be altered or bribed. I'm talking about blockchain for fashion. In this podcast, I speak to Neliana about how innovation and technology has the power to change the fashion industry and how brands communicate, our shared love of a magical island and how it's all connected. So Neliana, so happy to have you here today. We um, bumped into each other about five years ago and at a fashion tech event in the Trampery. And since then, we've also spoke about another project that you had previously. Um, And now it's just great to have you in the room because I know you're a very busy lady flying all over the world at the minute. Um, So yeah, thanks so much for coming today. Um, I'd like to just get into your journey to date really from like I say, five years ago to now, because I know you've done an MA in the meantime. Um, yeah, go for it. <laughs> Thank you, Jodie, for your invitation. And very pleased to be here with you and Black Neon Digital. Um, yeah, it's been five years since we met. And what brought us together was sharing the vision for sustainable fashion. And as you said, lots has happened. Um, the label I used to have called Etha uh, was what took me to the path of transparency. And when I decided to do my master's, I focused on the topic of transparency in fashion. And since then, that's been my main focus. And it was a uh, like entrepreneurship MA, was it? Or, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was an MA in fashion, entrepreneurship and innovation. At LCF, right? And yeah. Then, yeah. Okay. Um, and what did you, what were your main like takeaways from that? Because I know that you've basically won the Curring Award and, you know, you've kind of now developed a business out of it effectively. What well, the story was um, I applied with the label. I wanted to sharpen my business skills. I, coming from design and not really having a base on, on or education in business, I decided, okay, it's a good opportunity. I had a, I was lucky enough to have a scholarship. And so I, it was the right time to, to focus on my entrepreneurial skills mixed with innovation. So that was like perfect mix for me. Um, but I remember when I came the first day into the master's, I told the course leader, there's no label anymore. Uh, that time we decided was to... Was this Ether? Ether Studios. It was a women's wear brand focused on digital printing and based between London and Stockholm which I learned a lot from. And she said to me, 
no label don't worry that means you have more time for you're me you're more open as well yeah. yeah yeah so I was really passionate about transparency and taking it further and as you mentioned um well from the start to the end eight months later I won the caring award with my research on transparency in yeah. fashion and I applied it to Stella McCartney as a case study uh, really analyze the brand and the key wordings they use for describing products as a vegetarian label um, in my primary research I found that um, those of customers thought their shoes were leather which is a great success a vegetarian brand um, has products that people think are leather but I thought also it's, yeah. it's part of the, the story that is it's it's there's so much innovation behind it so um or that they're cruelty animal cruelty free so i just designed like a way for communicating products with an omni-channel strategy at product level and at online and um yeah i think at that time it made sense wasn't really happening either at that time either so yeah kind of way ahead of it really um and then sort of fast forward a little bit to now you working you know in proper techie tech which is basically blockchain um could you just describe a little bit about how that came around in your partnership with provenance and and that kind of whole yeah. uh when i was doing my dissertation uh so it was focused on transparency in fashion connecting positive products to millennials um i i ran up jesse baker who's the founder of provenance and friend and i said hey um would you like can I interview you for my primary research? He's like, sure. And we met at the Ace Hotel and I remember that was the first time I heard about blockchain. That was July 2015. We met when I had the label. She used to love what we did and I used to, um, yeah, as a brand, use their software to, to give feedback as well on how to develop it um, further. And... So yeah, again, common visions and on transparency. And we always said, oh, there's something missing about this whole transparency story. And when she told me, well, this technology called blockchain allows for any value to be transferred from A to B with a third party and it's more secure. And basically you can change the value of what in cryptocurrencies a Bitcoin with a certification that says, that actually a product it is organic or fair trade and there's more um, information for the customer at the point of sale if this was part of a supply mm -hmm. chain so for me that was like my aha moment I was like oh my god this is what I really want to get involved with mm -hmm. and well after my master's I went to uh, work for Stella McCartney and after that I decided to join Provenance and, and, and learn from from this technology and how it can be applied and their focus on food supply chains. So I took a, quite a, yeah, a, a leap and um, from being in fashion to going to Indonesia to track the first product on a blockchain, uh, which was the tuna project. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but you had the vision at that point that you could actually see this in relation to fashion anyway so you knew what you were doing and absolutely yeah, a tuna or a jumper you know it's kind yeah. of yeah so from from the tuna i guess um fast forward and everything it took me to the alpaca <laughs> yeah yeah another animal basically yeah which... yeah but definitely um and also working within a tech company is such a different environment mm. and i had another experience that i never had in fashion and understood that fashion is very low tech. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it just 
the way that the world is working and, and, and also placing the customer at the, at the center of the operations of whatever you're creating is so essential. And I don't think fashion is like that. Mm, I think, yeah, we become quite abstract, don't we? And it's removed from actually the person, which it's a person wearing it and buying it. So it kind of doesn't make sense. So, um, yeah, linking it back is, is definitely the way forward. How could you like tell us how it actually really works because i know we've talked previously um about essentially blockchain being associated with a physical thing not a digital thing so can you tell us how with your company you make make it work basically how how is it a garment blockchainable <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um a transparent company we are a creative consultancy for the fashion industry and we have different partners to deliver um, solutions both at design level, innovation and communication. I think those are the main three pillars that a fashion brand needs to um, cover in order to move forward, for instance, for a circular economy. Um, in terms of blockchain, uh, you as a brand can use it if you have accessibility and visibility of your supply chain and by that I mean if you don't have it that is an incentive to actually go for it and say I want to know where my material comes from I want to know the raw material I want to know if the farmers are being paid fairly say in cotton and that's something that's becoming more and more um, important and legislations are coming into place like the UK Modern Slavery Act now France has the uh, duty of care and, well, in California, the transparency one. Um, so we're seeing more and more legislations and brands understanding that they need to become more aware of what's happening in the supply chains in order to become a transparent company. And in terms of blockchain, um, we work with provenance, their technology, and as they're focused on food, and we've done this proof of concept with the alpaca. Um, with Martin. With Martin Jarlar, yes, and then it's been a very interesting journey to see what are the blocks in terms of really getting the data and, and, and how brands are trying to um, gather it as well and how suppliers would like to be open and related to brands. So it's, 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 there's a lot of culture change happening in the sense that understanding transparency incentivizes um, trust within all the actors of the supply chain, giving voice to farmers, um, as consumers knowing that there's the product is actually what it says in the package in, in the packaging and um, the physical and the digital yes it's a challenge because this technology comes from the digital world and it it allows it's for a value that is digital to be tracked and and you know where it's coming from and 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 where it's going perhaps but um in terms of physical, I'm wearing the jumper right now that we tracked the first garment on the blockchain. Um, we have an NFC tag attached to it that you can t um, open up the story with your phone, um, both QR code or NFC tag. And as we were discussing on our way here, yes, there's what happens if somebody changes the label or, you know. Um, we are in the moment where we need to pilot and explore more. Um, there's lots of global brands that we are talking with. They're really interested in understanding what are the best solutions. And the only way to do that is by discovering 
um, educating teams within brands, and this is one, one of our main focuses, and um, piloting to innovate and pioneer and then implement and scale it. So those are the three steps mm. that we're very focused on. So it is a lot of like getting people on board and getting them to collaborate and, and almost go on that journey together, isn't it, really, to discover what you need it to be? Because at the moment, it's still very new, right? Yeah. Um, could you just describe a bit about how you worked with Martine and, and how that all came about? And, you know, we've said it's about came from the alpaca. Like, how did it, how mm-hmm. did you track it? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that was, I remember um, a year ago in January 2017, I was looking for a designer that wanted to be... Um, open and engaged with their own supply chains after talking with some of the bigger brands I understood that it was going to take a long time so my personality is very like I want to do this <laughs> so um we met and I told her hey you know it will be great I'm looking for a brand that wants to do an experiment with blockchain and at the same time I was talking with Matthew Drinkwater from the director of uh, fashion innovation agency and I was like Matthew we we really should do something with blockchain and and he's like great um let's do it and it just all came together when Martin called me and said um there's a there's a possibility for us to show um something new as part of the solutions lab of Copenhagen fashion summit let's do it and then um she already had her well and that's her job as a fashion designer to select the garment the supply chain so we work with um the farmers the um the spinner and the nita so main the three main actors to create the garment and fashion innovation agency covered um the process through a documentary a small film and i i never knew that it was going to become such a great project and and also Jesse was like, wow, this is great. This is happening. And and then, yeah, we revealed the first garment track with this technology in, in, yeah, in May 11th, 2017. Yeah, amazing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're almost, almost a year from then on, mm. aren't we, really? Um, so what's changed in that time, apart from, like, trying to get people on board and, and kind of getting the the idea out there because that's going to be the biggest thing at the moment isn't it getting people on board and yeah recruiting. I think what has changed um, I've been in this space well in the technology since 2015 in terms of transparency since 2012 as a way to just move on from sustainability or ethical I think they're both so important and transparency allows um, both to be equally important and some brands are more sustainable, some brands are more socially um, orientated, and that's fine. And I think being transparent is about being honest and be like, we're not perfect, we're working on it, let's join together and find the solutions. And I think a few things. This year, I've seen how the fashion industry is understanding that it needs to be more open, and I talk a lot about that openness um, that I see in the technology world that people share more to Mm. find solutions for common problems um i've seen that the awareness of what blockchain technology is um it's much more more widely understood yeah Yeah. thanks to the fact that i guess yeah bitcoin has become more mainstream and you know netflix has this uh, documentary now and and it's it's just people are understanding that there's a new way for economies and 
this decentralized technologies might be the answer to 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 new ways of doing everything and and that's pretty exciting for me um circular economy being one of the key focuses on on in fashion since the Ellen MacArthur Foundation uh, released a report on textile which you're in <laughs> yes, yes our project is mentioned as the blockchain solution and yeah. that's really exciting yeah, that's um, pretty major yeah provenance is one is part of the CE 100 um, companies and um, yeah it's just it's just been a really exciting year also we were part of the fashion for good accelerator program in Amsterdam with plug and play in the CNA Foundation and that was also how I kind of started getting out of London and understanding that there's so many other cool places that lots of things are happening. Because I, I know um, when I spoke to Irene Marie Seelig she was just about to go to the plug and play so can you um, explain that whole thing like how you found it what was it what did you do was it intense you know mm. well thanks to the, the 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 proof of concept and because plug and place uh startup um, incubation, incubation yeah. on in technology and this is the first time they are doing something with fashion they have a lot of verticals within the industry globally and this is the first one so for me it was really exciting to finally see a bit of tech and fashion coming together um yeah we we were selected and provenance and transparent company uh, joined forces to to come into the accelerator and yeah it was it was really good because we gained exposure and access to talk to main leaders of departments from big brands um from caring to adidas um Hugo Boss and it was a great platform to 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 just you know share what we've done and what we do and where we want to go and for me it was really good to get more knowledge about the pains and and how we can solve those problems mm. and I one of the takeaways um a general one is that I feel there's a huge gap between fashion and technology and education is key and this is why I'm focusing on workshops for brands to bring everyone up to speed and um, with leaders of each department um, doing hackathons and workshops for everybody to understand what does a blockchain means for a supply chain and how can you integrate circular economy from design processes and mm-hmm. sourcing, how we can track products into the future, really, for circularity. So I'm pretty excited. I think... This also this report of the Ellen MacArthur Foundation for me marks an after and before, before and an after. Mm, yeah, I mean it's it's got a real sort of stamp on it. To it's like let's leave what we've been doing behind and let's move on to the future to something new and kind of gives a a process and a way to do that because I think you know we all are aware that you know plastic bags are bad and this and that but it's like okay we we know that but how do we solve it and and this yeah. is a definite real positive way to do that and kind yeah. of key steps to do that um can you so you and I have apart from like sustainable fashion and fashion in general and people mm-hmm. we have um another love that we share which is Ibiza <laughs> um can you tell me how you ended up you know sort of I know you fly around the world but living there at the moment and how special that is to you because you know I know why it is to me and it, it's <laughs> the same sort of thing 
Well, besides getting some vitamin D through <laughs> <Yeah>. the winter. <laughs> um, yeah, Ibiza has been part of my life since a uh, while. Well, when I ended my, I finished my master's, I ended up there by mistake. I was meant to go to Bali. And I ended up in Ibiza. <laughs> Long story short, I couldn't bother playing. They were asking me for a visa, which actually then they realized it was a mistake. They gave me my money back. But, you know, it's just surrendering to what life has for you. You know, you can spend life planning and then it just takes you somewhere else. And um, I just felt a, a very strong energy and connection with the island and coming from Venezuela and not being able to go back home because my country's a main, mainly a, basically a dictatorship. Uh, my parents still live there and it's just really hard to go there and uh, somehow I was longing for that sort of familiarity. And... Yeah, I love it because Ibiza for me has this, it's like this Venn diagram that has like wellness and meditation and time and space for just thinking and gaining clarity. And it has, it has fashion. It's, it's, it's very, you know, chic and there's fashion, people like style and I love that. And then there's a really interesting crypto crypto blockchain community in the island as okay. well. Okay. So it's like this. my three things are like in one place besides the sun. So um, I always wanted to try to skip one winter. I've been 12 years in London. So this was the winter mm. and I'm there. And again, like going a lot to Amsterdam and, and, and traveling around other, like mainly between Madrid and Barcelona. And also because I speak Spanish, it's like... It just makes sense yeah, that I, I have a opportunity to engage with other brands in, in mainline Spain. I also was invited to Brazil by the CNA Foundation to talk about blockchain and, and, and transparency in fashion. And that's happening more and more. This year I have some other plans to go to South America. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, the, um, there's going to be the first Latin American Fashion Summit in Mexico in November. Wow. So things like that. I'm very excited, and I, mean, I just what? I just feel more global. I just I just want to be more um, open to to traveling. Yeah, I think with well, particularly London and Brexit and all that, we uh, mm. we need to think about that, um, and maybe you know visas. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tell me about it. So you know, looking forward now. So you've kind of been well. You are at the forefront of blockchain for fashion. There's other new technology that we've discussed about, like the the way that you can read uh, NFC and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But and the Apple coming with it in integrated, oh, yeah. So yeah. how how do you think that will change your business, or how do you have you seen anything out there that you've thought, right, that's my next thing, or do you know what I mean? Are you are you thinking that far ahead, or are you just literally focusing on this and and kind of trying to get that out as well? You know, mm. what's well, thankfully. I have really great mentors that keep me like here because I am very futurist and they're like, no, 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 <laughs> please focus on this first because I'm looking at artificial intelligence. I'm fascinated by it and um, I think we just need to understand it really. We use it already. We don't know. Um, I think what's really interesting is is retail, the, the future of retail, how we purchase things, that journey that we take to buy a product I have to say I spent almost a year without buying anything really because I just felt like I, you know when you're in this journey and you know more the 
the more you are aware, the, the more you don't want to touch anything. But with this, I'm not saying that... I mean, it's 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 very paradox to say this because we need people to buy products. Yeah, to keep the economy going and exactly. keep jobs. But yeah. I just went through the experiment because I wanted to, to just be more mindful and I was being mindful in all the ways in my life. And um, just, you know, buying something should be joyful shouldn't be it shouldn't be stressful and we we are in this world where like the quicker you get something the more satisfied you feel mm. and i think yes it's really interesting to know how drones are going to deliver things on our door but i just feel like we just need to be a bit more yeah, slow down and yeah like, yeah yeah and i think retail is going through a huge transformation um it's, it's very threatening to the current model. Um, it's very interesting to know that, for instance, Gucci didn't open a single store in 2017, yet they have tripled their, their you know, the turnover. Mm-hmm. And, and, and shops are, I mean, I think we really need to rethink the way we shop. And it's really exciting how we can connect physical products with digital records, passports, stories, that brands can actually connect with the consumer and how the consumer can feedback information to that story that journey of the product how you have ownership how you can resell rent and these are things that um, we are talking about in terms of the future of creating a platform that has those tools for both brands and consumers to gain real transparency yeah and kind of the consumer is part of that story and part of that journey isn't it and kind of i think we forget that a lot of time don't we just look at the product and its journey and not the consumer and how that all fits into each people's lives i mean every time i I give the phone to someone and scans the label and then this uh, the story appears on their phone by magic i love nfc for that nfc standing for near field communication people's faces are like wow (laughs) it's a surprise and i think that's that's what retail Mm. needs experience and And and, joy and joy and we need to understand that shopping is not a hobby Mm. but if you want to go to a shop and have an experience and learn about something it's like the brown shop in red church tree i love it they have a bee box which is this meditation box in the middle of a shop that you can just go in there and have your 20 minutes guided meditation by my friend Chris Corners and it's just great to just mix this this world yeah I think less about product and more about experience isn't it I think that's where we're at yeah um yeah I think that's definitely the future um is there anything you want to talk about particularly anything we've missed out do you think um well I mean I I I just want to say that I think fashion is going through a huge transformation every week we see CEOs stepping down or a new one coming in or creative directors leaving other ones coming and I think it's it's we just have to be open and surrender to the fact that we need to change as an industry we are one of the most polluting industries in the world I love fashion and there's so many people that love fashion in this industry and they're so creative and I think we have the a great opportunity to to catalyze positive change and impact in the world. And I think let's just put that creativity into how we create products, how we sell them, how we tell the stories, and to make the industry also more focused on our well being. And I think we have a really interesting mix. Fashion is a great communication tool. So yeah, yeah. let's make fashion Amazing. transparent. <laughs> yeah, exactly for sure. 
Brilliant. Thank you so much, Naliana. Um, I will let you get your flight now. (laughs) (laughs) For now, there are limitations from a technology aspect, but these are being explored and developed. It's only a matter of time before the technology catches up with the vision. Using innovation as a tool, Naliana is leading the way for a more transparent, connected fashion industry. Till next time, be sure to join the conversation via Instagram at Black Neon Digital, Twitter at Digital Neon and online at blackneondigital.com. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please rate and review us in iTunes as it helps other people to reach us who care about the future of fashion, just like you.